0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, I need help because I'm going to preach, so I'm going to pray. You can pray with me. Say, Jesus, help that man. Looks like he needs a whole lot of it, so I'm going to pray extra hard. Heavenly Father, we just pray for ourselves and pray for myself as we now uh, open your book your God-breathed word, because in it are the words of eternal life, because they contain the words of Jesus. And so we pray to God as we sit under under these words of Christ that they would have an incredible impact in our lives. So bless us, Heavenly Father. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to respond. Give us hands to do and lives to show in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I presume that God's answered that prayer, and I'll just charge on with the uh, with the sermon. So, where do we get the help we need when it comes to the issue of faith? When it comes to the issue of faith, uh, my friends and I, when we were at high school, so it must have stuck with me because that was a while ago. So I do remember this incident. We were going down Mona Vale Road, the big white place known as the Bahai Temple. How many people have been past it? Yep, we know the Baha'i Temple. I now pass it fairly regularly because my, uh, my daughter and my grandson now live on Mona Road. And so we're coming down from the Central Coast. So we're passing it all the time. When we were in high school, we were going to our local church youth group. Uh, we were kind of, you know, just maybe in year 12 or something like that. And we were going past and the lights were on. On the Baha- and so we thought here's a great opportunity. So we were driving along, and some old bummy rattling thing that one of us owned, and we we turned into the car park, and the place was open. And so we went into the Bahai Temple. We sort of looked at the door like that. The door was open. I don't know what time it was, but it was at night time, and the guy welcomed us in. And we had our own view of faith and Jesus and all those kinds of things. And we said, "What do you guys? What do you believe? What do you think?" And he said, he said this illustration, and I've remembered of it ever since. He said, for us in the Baha'i faith, we believe that faith in God is like a mountain and that all the religions go up just different sides of the mountain. They all find their own pathway. But ultimately, even though that one starts here and one starts here, they all meet at the top, which is God. And that was his thinking. He was saying that all religions are equal. They're just different pathways to God. I asked the question this morning, is that true? Are all paths equal? Do all paths lead to heaven? Do all roads lead to Rome is one of the old sayings. Are all religions equal? Uh, I want to say today that religion and just being religious is not necessarily the answer to finding true faith. So where do we get the help that we need when it comes to the issue of faith? Today I want to look at a person in the Bible. I'm going to read the story. and As we look at this man's life, um, he comes to Jesus. He's incredibly religious, incredibly religious. He knows he hasn't got all the answers. So he comes to Jesus and he seeks him out. And he wants the answers that I think he senses he doesn't have. Because I believe this today that I believe that God is looking for relationship over religion. That God is looking for relationship over religion. He had religion, but did he have a relationship with God? So his name was Nicodemus. Um, We're going to look at it in three parts today. We're going to look at the man. We're going to look at his quest for understanding. We're going to look at the answer that Jesus gave him. And I'm going to read the Bible story to us. I think those on online will see it on the screen. So here's the story. I am from John, reading in John's Gospel, chapter 3, and I'm commencing at verse one going to go down to the end of verse 15. And I am uh, reading from the New International ver- Version of the Bible. As you go through this, look at the understanding of the man... Look at Jesus' dialogue with him and where Jesus steers this conversation. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot be Enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes or where it is going. So it is everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, we testify of what we have seen, but still, You people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So here's this encounter with this man, this man Nicodemus. We see from verse 1 and verse 10 some things about him. It says that he was a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus and he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Verse 10 says, you are Israel's teacher. So this man was a part of a council, a ruling council amongst the Jewish community of 70 people. 70 men and this council was called the Sanhedrin and it ruled over all a lot of internal matters for the Jewish nation way back in Jesus time he was a member of this council to be on this council he had to be very well respected he was also a Pharisee that was a member of a religious order and so he had studied incredibly to be a part of this he'd studied the bible particularly the first five books of the bible and he was a part of it he was steeped in the bible and he was a man of held high position so if we're trying to understand well what does that look like today i would say that he was an ordained minister and a member of the local parliament an ordained minister and a member of the local parliament so we find that his man he's educated he's very influential he's a man of position he's a man of great respect in the community but i'm wondering when i look at at this this incident he's got all this background he's got all this knowledge he's got all this experience he's very religious but does he have a relationship with god he's got all of this and he comes to jesus he comes to jesus fully loaded with his history and i ask myself this question does his personal history in fact hinder him from coming into a relationship with god Friends, we all go through life with our own personal histories. We've all got stuff. We've all got stories. We've all got education. We've all got backgrounds. We've all had experiences. We've all got relationships or had relationships. And we go through life and we come to a journey of faith and trying to find some answers. And we come to those things not as a blank page. We come to the issue of finding faith With a profound sense of we have stuff, we have more baggage than the airport carousel. And so we we come to these things and we need to try to understand with all the things that I've been through, how does that affect my understanding? Am I closed? Am I opinionated? (laughs) That's what my wife says about me. (laughs) I, I say these words to my wife. This is not in the sermon notes. You'll never find it up the back if you're following the script. I say to my wife, in my humble opinion, she said, those four words never apply to you. <laughs> I say, in my humble opinion, she just, she, you can just see her eyes roll back and she's going to be shocked by me pontificating about something mostly that I know nothing about. But she says this, you say it so confidently that you expect people to believe you. And she says, and sometimes it's a load of nonsense. And so I come to Jesus and my thing, an opinionated person who often speaks nonsense. How do we come to Jesus today? How do you come to the issue of faith? You've come fully loaded, I know that. Are you wounded? Are you offended? Are you opinionated? So here is this man, he comes to Jesus. He is a religious man, basically an ordained minister in the Jewish faith and a member of a very influential parliament. And he comes to Jesus with a quest. Look, he's intrigued by Jesus. Although he's a part of this group, this ruling council, he's intrigued by Jesus. Verse 2 says, He came to Jesus at night. That's interesting. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Why did he come to Jesus at night? As I did some research on this, um, two possibilities sort of rose up to the top. The first was privacy. If you read anything about the story of Jesus, he's forever got people around him. He's, the crowds press in on him. He does a miracle. He's surrounded by people. Often Jesus has to get up and get away before dawn or very early just to get some time to himself, just to pray and be with God his Father. So Jesus is pressed upon. Plus he has this group of 12 people uh, around him, his followers. So he's got, always got people around him. How would you ever get a time with Jesus for yourself, Nicodemus thinks that the time to get with Jesus is to go at night time. So it's either that, or perhaps because he's a member of this this council. In fact, this is the council that voted for Jesus' death. This is the council. He belongs to this ruling council. This is the council that engineered Christ's crucifixion. They were not pro Jesus. In fact, they hated Jesus. We'll see a little bit about that in a moment when he speaks up for Jesus at the council. So there he is at night, whether it's through privacy or he doesn't want to be criticised, he's intrigued by Jesus. He knows that what Jesus does and what Jesus says needs investigating. He knows that Jesus is performing miracles and signs and speaking great words of truth. So in this great quest, he was intrigued by Jesus, so he investigated, he, he decided to find out for himself about Jesus Who told you about Jesus How do you find about Jesus Did you come to church This church welcomes everybody who's on a quest This church welcomes that you need to belong before you believe and that you need to believe before you're expected to behave so everyone's welcome to come along and belong and be a part of a community on an exploration of God And so how did you find out about Jesus Last time I was here I shared um, about my mother finding it out from me and I found it out from my scripture teacher and then I found it out from the local youth group leader. And so that's where I found it out about him. How did you find out about Jesus? Did he? Is it through hearsay? Was it about public opinion? Um, have you made your mind up for yourself about Jesus? Or are you still holding an opinion of Jesus that you read somewhere that you saw online as we know online's always very reliable. Right? I picked up a person from the airport and from the time they got in my car to the time they got out it was about 45 minutes of just weird stuff. He saw it online, therefore it was ultimately true, it had to be true. It was online. Did I have I, have I heard about this? Have I heard about that? And I said no, thankfully. I said you've clicked on the wrong thing and gone down the rabbit hole. <laughs> His whole feed has been hijacked by nonsense and he believes it. Where do we get our opinions? Where do we get our opinions of Jesus from? From a reliable source? I want to ask the question, have you gone directly to the source himself? Have you gone to Jesus? Have you looked in the book? Have you studied the teachings? Have you prayed to him? Have you asked him to reveal himself to you? He knew that the only way he's going to find the answers about his religious quest, he needed a one-on-one with Jesus. And I want to tell you today, you need to have a one-on-one with Jesus. You need to seek him out and you need to open up your questions and your life to him and see what he says. So he was intrigued by Jesus, he was in, investigated Jesus and he was influenced by Jesus. Following on from this, following on from this, we see that he's. In this convened council, not Jesus' friends, in fact, Jesus' opposition. Over in, if we follow the story through, it's not going to come on the screen, but I don't think, but you can, uh, I'll read it to you. These are the rulers, the Pharisees. And they asked this, Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, I'm reading from chapter 7, John's Gospel, verse 50. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, who was one of their own number, Does our law, he said, condemn a man without first hearing uh, him to find out what what he's been doing? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that this prophet does not come out of Galilee. So there he was, Nicodemus, influenced by Jesus, investigating Jesus. He dares to speak up at the membership of this ruling council and says, shouldn't we at least hear him and find out for ourselves bang they closed down sometimes when presented with truth and facts we can just shut down they were defensive because they wanted to hold their position of power and influence in the community they were not interested in the truth they were not interested in finding what nicodemus was trying to seek so influenced was nicodemus that after this council who had voted for jesus to die but didn't have the political power to do it That's why they took Jesus to the local uh, kings and representatives, to Pontius Pilate and so forth, because they were the ones that had the power to execute. This council did not, because they were a, a colony of people, of course, that had been under the rulership of the Romans. So they had to go to the Roman authorities to seek the death penalty, and they did that. They sought the death penalty for Jesus, he was crucified. And after Jesus was crucified, he was wrapped in spices and was buried. And listen to this. Later, Joseph, a man from Arimathea, asked Pontius Pilate, the governor, for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body. He was accompanied by, guess who? He was accompanied by Nicodemus. The man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus bought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about uh, 75 pounds, about 30 kilos. Um, taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it in spices and linen as according with the Jewish burial customs. So there he was. He was influenced by Jesus. He was um, intrigued by Jesus. He spoke up for Jesus and basically got shouted down. And when Jesus had died, Further on, he went with Joseph and sought the body of Jesus. And in fact, the two men took Jesus to a tomb and buried Jesus in that tomb. So he was very much influenced by Jesus. But he was on a quest. He was on a quest for answers. And so the answer we've seen the man, we've seen the quest, now for the answer. He was implicated by Jesus because. Personal relationship with Jesus is much more than religion. And even being religious was not enough. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is criticizing this group of Pharisees. And he says, You know what you are? You are like a cup that is filthy on the inside but clean on the outside. It's just like the coffee cup on my desk, which I've I had a coffee here this morning. I tell you, it's nice and clean on the outside. That's what it was like when I pulled it out of the cupboard. But I'm telling you, it's manky on the inside. I will take personal responsibility and wash that thing and put it back. But do not use the cup that's on my thing because it is manky and filthy on the inside. And that's what Jesus is saying. This group of people, like you, look good on the outside. You look respectable. You look religious. You are held in high esteem. You are a part of the re- ruling council. But on the inside, you are foul. You're like a whitewashed tomb. But inside you're full of bodies and decay and bones and stench. Because God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outside. He doesn't look at the appearance of people. He's not fooled by religious pretense. We can be as religious as we want. And it doesn't necessarily cut any mustard with God. And so Jesus implicates him. He brings him down to the spiritual reality that people need this born again, this brand new birthing into the family of God. Very truly I say to you, he said to him he must be born again. Verse 5, very truly I I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water, physical, normal birth, and the Spirit. To have a spiritual, life-changing experience of God that gives birth to the Spirit. Do not be surprised when I say then, you must be born again. And so Jesus is saying to him, Yes, you have obviously been physically born. Nicodemus takes the bait and says, As it's as possible. You know, I'm even sure our midwife friend would testify that's not physically possible. For you know, to um, to enter a womb and be born again as a as a person. So Nicodemus states the obvious, and Jesus said, No, 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 no. It's not about a physical thing, it's about a spiritual thing. We all get born physically, but not every person gets born spiritually. And so Jesus invites him. Do you know it's the only way, the only person that Jesus spoke these words to? These are famous words in the Bible. I'm going to read from chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. These are famous words in the Bible. They weren't spoken on the Sermon on the Mount. They weren't given to a crowd of people. They weren't told to his disciples. These words he only gave to Nicodemus. They've been written down and become very famous. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The answer to his religious quest was to believe in Jesus, to come to Jesus to believe in Jesus, to have that experience. Did he get there? We don't know. Some some history books say yes. Some history books say we just don't know. But we do know this from his story. We can be well respected. We can be well educated. We can be held in high esteem on various committees and places. We can be incredibly religious. We can attend Religious meetings all the time and we can be morally good and yet still not have found the answers because the answers are found in a relationship with Jesus. God wants relationship over than over religion. And the way that we get that relationship is we believe and we pray and we ask God to be a vital part of our life. So where do we get the help we need when it comes to the issue of faith? Well, we get them with jesus he's the one that came down from heaven he's got the answers to heaven he's got the answers to earth we know the promise that he has made that whoever believes in him will have eternal life have you made that choice have you made that discovery have you said show me i want to have that eternal life i want to have it now and i want to enjoy it forever with you and of course, he states also in this gospel that he is the way, the truth and the life. So when, where do we get the help we need? Well, it's not just in religion per se, it's in a person per se. It's in the person of Jesus. I'm going to pray that that becomes a growing and a deepening and a real experience for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the impressive, powerful, persuasive person of Jesus. Lord, we all come with our own baggage. We all come with our own story. Nicodemus came fully loaded with his. We've come fully loaded with ours. And so we just ask today, dear God, that you would take us deeper on that journey. Jesus, show us yourself. We want to have a personal relationship with you. We don't want the claptrap of religious form that doesn't count with you, God. Help us, Jesus, to believe in you. Help us, Jesus, to pray to you. Help us, Jesus, to ask you to be a part of our life experience. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.